بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم I first of all want to thank Sayyidi uh, Fatima for uh, two very helpful questions at least helpful for me in terms of having a, a theme to explore first question had to do with the issue of self-importance and the second question had to do with the use of petty tyrants and understanding petty tyrants. There's a quote somewhere, um, a Castaneda quote, um, I can't remember which book it was from anymore, but um, where Don Juan tells Castaneda that uh, our self-importance is, uh, is, is a very weighty matter because it, it, is, it is both the root of the, uh, the most degraded and despicable in us, the ugliest, and it is also the root of the highest. It has this uh, paradoxical nature. I'd like to start off by exploring how the issue of self-importance is the root of the worst in us. We know that uh, the first sin, Iblis's sin, which was the, the model of all sin, was the, was the arrogance of claiming that he was superior to Adam and would not bow down means uh, one's idea of one's own significance. That was, the, that was the primary transgression from which all other transgressions are followed. So in that sense, the idea that you are the significant one, this is a, this is a big uh, error. It is the first of all errors. We are, every human being is a, is a beam of attention, is a beam of consciousness or light that's placed in the middle of an infinite, vast abyss populated by a myriad of things. And as we've already indicated, that when you cast your, the light of your attention onto the world, when you look at things as they are, the first thing that becomes apparent is your own smallness and the vastness of everything that isn't you. And that produces an experience of awe, and that experience of awe is in a sense why we've been created. We've been created to be worshipful, to be in a state of amazement. And that state of amazement, the, the fundamental architecture of that state of amazement is that it happens from the platform of the one who is insignificant and small, looking out at that which is vast and significant. In other words, we are uniquely designed to be in a state of awe. 
and the fundamental architecture of all is rooted in your smallness as opposed to the grandness, the vastness of what isn't you. One can call that experience humility. But what that experience is fundamentally about is not granting significance to the self. It is understanding that the role of the self is to see the significance of what is other. The role of the self is to be the small one. We have within us, however, a desire to appear. It is trained into us. It is, it is part of what happens to us when we become a person among people. We get given a name. We get groomed by our societies to be fine and upstanding members of the community. And in a sense, not just upstanding members of the community, but outstanding members of the community. We get praised for our achievements. In other words, we get developed into being people or being beings who have um, a desire to be seen. This is the opposite of the, the role of the enchanted one who does seeing. This is the one who is desirous of being seen, being the significant one. In other words, we spend a lot of our time, and we spend much of our lives, is, is, about, is about cultivating an experience of ourselves as objects, as things that are seen, not the ones who are doing the seeing. That desire to be seen to be the significant one causes us no end of trouble. It was, it is the the one act which, if you like, creates um, disruption in all engagements with others. The person who is most loved in any situation is the person who can grant significance to others, a person who can see the wonder in others and express it. A person who is most objectionable in the company of others is a person who wishes to be granted significance by others. We have a metaphor for that that comes from the work that I do, which is to understand how teams operate and how sports teams operate. If you think about a really successful team and what happens in a really successful team, like a soccer team for instance, most of the work that happens on the field is not about somebody scoring, it is about somebody trying to set somebody else up to score. This desire of the individual player to set their colleague up to score re reflects a real magnanimity of spirit because what the player is saying to his colleague is that I'm quite happy for you to be the star. I'm quite happy for you to be the significant one. And I will set up the conditions for you to be the significant one. And if we look at the sports the team as a, as a metaphor for your social engagement with others, it means that a wholesome human being is one whose life project with others is to set others up to be significant, to set others up to be the star. 
And a toxic human being is one who wishes to be the star themselves. I mean, clearly, if you've got a team populated by people who all wish to be the stars themselves, you no longer have a team. You no longer have a cohesive social unit. You've got a, a, a scattering of individuals. You've got a herd of cats, as we like to say. So this desire for us to, be, for our, to, to claim significance for ourselves in the first instance makes us objectionable to other people. So there's a real paradox in this. Our society cultivates the conditions where we wish to be significant and that very desire to be significant makes us actually quite dangerous to others, makes us quite toxic in a social context. Also, that desire for us to be significant produces a great discomfort in ourselves. It is, uh, um, it is, uh, it is uh, there's, there's one of the most un unpleasant experiences that we have as human beings is the, the concern of what other people think about us. In other words, how am I seen? Um, you can take a perfectly good day and ruin it by just realizing that you've been walking around with some egg on your shirt and oh, what did they think of me? I mean, we are so sensitive to the opinion of others uh, that we can immediately be, have our, our experience of a perfectly good day overturned by the concern of what they might think of me. So this pursuit of self-importance makes us destructive in the world and it produces a really uncomfortable cat-on-a-hot-turn-roof experience of being in our own skins. Just like it is extremely unpleasant to uh, be concerned about how you appear, it is extremely pleasant to have a true experience of all. In other words, to be truly amazed at something stupendous that you're looking at. In fact, I would suggest that the experience of all is probably the highest human experience. There isn't a second to it. So the best in us happens when we grant significance, when we see the significance of others. And as we indicated with the sporting analogy, that this is not only the best in us in terms of what it feels like to be in our own skins, but it actually what it, what it produces in terms of our interaction with other people. I mean, it makes us deeply constructive rather than deeply destructive as members of a community this ability to grant significance is the highest in ourselves. It is this ability to grant significance which makes us truly significant. Now this might sound odd, but if you think about this thing of the king and the kingmaker, I mean clearly the significant one is the one who is majestic, the one who stands out, the one who is significant, the one who is uh, the majestic, the grand, the vast, that which is worthy of being, that which is annoying. And that is the status of other than self, because self is the antonym of all of that. Your role 
is to recognize the grandness of everything that is in you. That's why you've been made. It is your role to affirm its grandness. In that sense, you are the kingmaker. If it's up to you to affirm, if you've been made to affirm that which is significant, you are the one who's doing the affirming. So while you are not the king, you are the one who makes the king. You are the one who affirms the king. You are the one who confirms the king. And truly, where does the real authority lie? With the king or with the kingmaker? And here you have the reason why the significance of the self, which lies in the ability to grant significance, is actually the highest quality that we have and is truly the most stupendous thing that has been created in the universe. The small one that can look back at the universe, part of the universe, made from the but constructed in such a way that, it is, that the small one experiences itself as opposite to the universe, looking back at the universe and being able to affirm that it is amazing, uh, being able to affirm that it is the product of a genius which is breathtaking, which is beyond compare. That position is actually the highest achievement of all things that have happened. All Allah has created the whole universe as a, as a, almost like a laboratory to produce this one product, the awake human being who can choose to affirm that the whole thing is stupendous. Your ability to grant significance is the highest product of all creation. It is the, the fundamental uh, outcome of the whole creational drama. So, we seek to transcend our own desire to be significant. And the little games that we play in order to uh, achieve significance from others so that we can be in the position to grant significance. The role of the petty tyrant in our lives is precisely the person who grinds down on our sense of self-importance in such a way that we can then forego those things that we want from life and want from others that, if you like, scratch the itch of our desire of significance. There's nothing more helpful to you to forego your, your, the, uh, your, the little bits of conditional motive that you have that are really concerned with trying to milk the aff affirmation from others than somebody who at some level 
uh, sort of doesn't scratch that itch for you or does worse than that, provokes the itch. This journey of transcending your desire to be seen is a journey of transcending your, the, the, the little games that we play in order to get significance from others. You know, sometimes those games aren't the obvious games of winning at the, at the, uh, at the competition, but it's, it's, it's winning at the, uh, the, the manipulative game of having some sense of control over outcomes. And, and sometimes it is about even appearing to be, uh, as long as I appear to be the humble one that everybody has a good opinion of, then I've won, you see. So it's still about getting a good opinion of others. How do you transcend that? How do you transcend the uh, incredible complexity that we can go through to still try and get the itch of our own significance scratched? Well, you, you get yourself submitted in a relationship where those games are just not going to work because the person that you're dealing with is playing outside of the rules. There's nobody who is more helpful to you to transcend your desire for significance than a person who doesn't follow the rules. How are you going to discover what your conditional motives are if you don't suffer them? If the people that you're dealing with or the person that you're dealing with only ever does what uh, is, if you like, is pleasing to you, then you have no reason to change. But if you're dealing with people who uh, uh, behave in such a way, which makes it difficult for you, that experience of difficulty helps you to work out where your own conditional motive lies, what the architecture of your own unconditional motive, your, your conditional motive is. And that then gives you the material to transcend it. Hmm. For example, I have a great opinion of myself that I am a very humble person. And I deal with somebody in such a way, well, I deal with somebody who, for example, uh, makes me uh, sort of challenges my self-image of humility and challenges it routinely, uh, saying little sarky things that makes me feel like I'm a bit of a fraud. The person drives me nuts. And the one thing I can do is I can try and stop them saying things to me that make me feel like I'm a fraud. The other thing is say, well, uh, isn't this interesting? Why is it that I feel like a fraud? What's going on on the inside? How am I constructing this thing? What are the assumptions that I'm building into it that makes me feel like I'm somehow not genuine, not sincere? That I, at that level, the person helps me to forgo my, my self-image my sense of significance that I've based on this idea of my own humility. May Allah grant us nearness to him, may he grant us annihilation in him, may he grant us death before we die. 
Innallaha wa malaikatuhu yusallu ala nabih Ya ayuhaladzina amanu yusallu alayhi wa sallimun taslima Allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammadin abdika wa rasulika nabiyuna wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim taslima Subhana rabbika rabbazatihim wa sifun wa salamu ala mursalin wa alhamdulillahi wa barakatuhu